0: And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Hello and welcome to this
1: series that we're doing called Infinitely More. It's a sermon series based on Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, which says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think by the power that is at work within us. And the power is the person of the Holy Spirit. And today I wanna talk to you on the subject, who is The Holy Spirit, next Sunday is gonna be Pentecost Sunday, And so today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. But before we get into that, let me welcome all of you to this online service today here at Evangel. My name is Terrell Todd. I'm the lead pastor here at Evangel. And, you know, on this Memorial Day weekend, we want to thank God for all of you who have served in our armed forces. In fact, if we had a live congregation this morning, I would be asking everyone who's ever served in our armed forces to stand. And we'd give you a warm applause. We'd say, we thank God for you. But you know, this particular weekend is to remember those who paid the supreme sacrifice and who gave their lives in defense of our country. Sometimes we take our freedoms for granted, but all you have to do is travel outside the United States to realize how blessed, how honored we are to live in this great, great country. Now let me announce that next Sunday, may the 31st next sunday we're going to have a live in-person service in other words we are going to follow the cdc guidelines but we're going to invite you to come and worship with us because we're having to restrict our seating capacity to only 25 percent we're going to be having an eight-thirty a.m service and a 10 30 a.m service now, we've got a little over, we've got five, capacity for 524 people, according to the fire marshal. And that means that we can have 131 people in each of those services. And so let me encourage you to plan now to come and be a part of the services. We're going to follow social distancing, uh, no family uh the families may sit together, but you're going to be at least six foot apart from other people. We've got the the, the, the sanctuary arranged for that. And uh, we will not be having children's ministry or nursery simply because kids don't know how to social distance. So we encourage you to bring your kids into the sanctuary. And you say, well, what if they act up? Well, we understand that children children are or require attention and i'm a father and i'm a grandfather and hey as long as your kids don't throw peanuts at me i think we're going to be fine if they get especially rambunctious then we're going to encourage you maybe to take them to a public area to where they can calm down a bit but plan to come and be a part of this also this wednesday night this Wednesday night, the 27th of May at 7 p.m., we're gonna have another live meeting. Again, we're gonna observe social distancing. We're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna observe the best CDC protocols. But this Wednesday night at 7 p.m., we've got a leadership team meeting, and it's open for everybody who's a part of this congregation who worships with us, we'd like for you to come because we need your help because we're going to have to clean uh, every public space. Uh, We're going to have to especially disinfect every place where people are in the 830 service. We're going to, between the 830 and and the 1030 services, we've got to clean real good and we've got to just do everything we can to make sure that this is a safe and a secure environment. It's going to be great. I look forward to seeing you back here next Sunday morning on the 31st. Well, also, let me say this, because uh, we are asking you to register for the services. In other words, we're asking you to call our church phone number, which is 385-1815. That's area code 850-385-1815. And just tell the person on the other end of the phone, I'd like to 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 let you know that I'm going to worship with you and I'd like to reserve so many places. That way we can plan for you. We're going to have to seat from the front to the back and uh, we can plan the number of seats that you need or if you don't want to call, you can go to the website, go to www.evangelag.org. That's www.evangelag.org. Org, and you, you can register online we've already gotten. I was just told this morning we've already got 10 people that have already registered for, for the 830 service and 7 or 8 that have already registered for the 1030 service let me encourage you to do that you, you say well Pastor, I don't want to have to do that. We don't have to do that normally for church. Well, these are not normal times. And hopefully, we're going to be able to look at this coronavirus-19 in the rearview mirror. And we're going to be able to, to say, I'm glad that's over with. But we're not quite there yet. And we want this to be a safe and a secure place, okay? Well, we're talking today, asking the question, who is the Holy Spirit? I I remember reading about an American who all his life, his big dream was to go to Italy and visit Vatican City. And particularly, he wanted to go to the Sistine Chapel and observe the wonderful paintings that Michelangelo had placed on the ceiling and on the walls of the Sistine Chapel. Well, he had looked in books and he had, he had prepared himself to see these beautiful frescoes and these brilliant colors and these wonderful works of art. And he came in to the Sistine Chapel in a back way. And, and when he came in, he immediately put his eyes towards the ceiling because he wanted to see the beautiful paintings. But what he saw is he saw some paintings, but they seemed to have a a pasty look about them. They they seemed to have something that was was obstructing the, the beautiful colors and he couldn't figure it out. And he turned to a custodian and he says, hey man, I've come all the way from America to see these beautiful paintings on the ceilings. And where are they? And the custodian pointed to the candles that were in sconces along each of the walls. And he says, for hundreds and hundreds of years, these candles have given light to this chapel. And he said, not only have these candles given light to the chapel, but he says, it's given off smoke and it's, and it's given off soot and ash and it's covered. There's a film of soot and ash over the beautiful artwork that you want to see. But he says, come with me. And the man followed the custodian and they came to an area where where there had been restoration taking place. And the custodian explained, he says, you know, we had to take these chemicals, very sensitive chemicals that would clean off this layer of ash and soot, but it would not destroy the paintings. And he says, it has to be done by hand. And he says, we worked very carefully and, and, and very meticulously to remove it inch by inch. And this entire ceiling of this particular room has been redone. Isn't it beautiful? And the man had to agree that it was beautiful. And dear ones, I say that to say this, when it comes to this subject of the Holy Spirit, you know, there have been some people who have misrepresented the Holy Spirit. I've had people come and ask me say, pastor, is the Holy Spirit, is that tongues? No, tongues is a spiritual gift. It is an evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit doesn't speak in tongues. People speak in tongues as the Spirit gives us utterance. And so today, I just want to talk to you about who the Holy Spirit is. And let's let's just sweep away any misunderstandings here. John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now note, this is just hours before Jesus is going to be arrested and crucified. And he says to the disciples, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. This had to be hard for the disciples to hear that Jesus was getting ready to leave them. And it was hard, probably, for them to believe that it was going to be better for them that Jesus was getting ready to go away. And, and the reason is because as long as Jesus was in a flesh and, and, and bone uh, body, You know, Jesus could only be one place at one time. He could only minister to one person or one group of people at a time. But the Holy Spirit was gonna come, and the Holy Spirit is like Jesus, but He's omnipresent. In other words, the Holy Spirit can be everywhere all the time. The Holy Spirit is right here with us now. The Holy Spirit is with you. Wherever you're watching this service, the Holy Spirit is with you and the Holy Spirit is with me and the Holy Spirit is with believers all across Tallahassee and throughout the state of Florida and all across our country and all across the world because He's omnipresent. And dear ones, the Holy Spirit is like Jesus without a body. The Holy Spirit always does the works of Christ. The Holy Spirit always glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. So, we need to understand that the Holy Spirit, this is our first point this morning, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. He's not an it. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling. The Holy Spirit is not an emotion. The Holy Spirit is the wonderful third person of, of the godhead i've had people tell me said pastor i just love the holy spirit when it comes in here it makes a difference well again the holy spirit is not an it the holy spirit is a person i'm not saying he's a human being but he's got attributes of personality think about this the holy spirit has feelings did you know that first thessalonians chapter five tells us that you and i can quench the Holy Spirit. In other words, we can put out the fire of the Holy Spirit if we choose to do so. Now, that's pretty amazing because we're talking about God, the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the God who said, let there be light, and there was light. The God whose Spirit moved across the face of the deep. The God who raised Christ from the dead. Did you know that you can quench the Holy Spirit? You see, it's not because God is not powerful and mighty, but it's because God wants you and I to respond to him out of our free will and not because he makes us respond to him you see he does not make us robots or automatons he gives us a free will and he wants you and I to cultivate a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit a sensitivity to the anointing a sensitivity to the things of God not only can we quench the Spirit But the Bible says over in Ephesians chapter four that you can grieve the Holy Spirit. That means you can make the Holy Spirit sad. You say, how in the world does a person do that? Well, if you'll read that that, that passage in context, in Ephesians chapter four, Paul, he says, hey, let him who stole steal no longer. Let him who's been lying No longer speak lies. Let the person who's been cheating others quit cheating others. Did you know that you can grieve the Holy Spirit when you act in a way that is not like Christ? And we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I've had Christians run up to me at times and say, Pastor Terrell, it seems like the Holy Spirit's a million miles away from me. I just can't seem to hear his voice. And my first question is, have you quenched the Holy Spirit? My second question is, have you grieved the Holy Spirit. You see, we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit either consciously or unconsciously because we want him to dwell in you and me in an unhindered manner. In fact, one of the things that will grieve the Holy Spirit is unforgiveness in our heart. That's the reason that same passage of scripture, you'll find this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Paul says, "Do Paul says forgive one another even as God in Christ has Forgiven you. Think about that. I don't forgive out of my own goodness. I forgive even as God in Christ has forgiven me. How does God forgive us? God wipes the slate clean. God He cancels the handwriting of requirements that was against us, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. He cancels the handwriting of requirements that was against us. He he takes our own sins, and he goes to the cross and our own sins are nailed to the cross with his body. Jesus didn't stay on the cross. He went into the grave, but the grave couldn't hold him. On the third day, he rose again. And dear ones, you and I are risen with Christ. When we make Jesus Christ the King and Lord of our life, we are risen with Christ. We're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. We don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. He's got feelings. He's got all the attributes of personality. Again, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit is a human being, but he is the third person of the Godhead. Think about this. The Holy Spirit has a will. He makes known to you and me the will of God. Not only does he have a will, but he has a will. The ability to communicate his will now he doesn't doesn 't speak to our mind, will and emotions, but he communicates his will through his word. Huh. the entrance of your word gives life, he gives understanding to the simple, not only that, but he communicates by his spirit to our spirit deep inside us he speaks to our heart amen well. Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And then over here in chapter uh, 14, verses 15 and following, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another commandment. Helper. Everybody say, right where you are, just say another helper. Come on, say it aloud. Another helper. Try it again. Another helper helper that word another is the greek word "alos," and it means another of the same kind jesus is saying i'm going to send another one that's beside me and in addition to me but one who's just like me he will do in my absence what i would do if i were physically present with you now think about that there have been times i thought lord i wish i wish i lived back in the first century and i could have walked with you and talked with you and and experienced your ministry First hand, dear ones, we can today through the precious person of the Holy Spirit. He does exactly what Jesus would do if Jesus were here in the flesh. And Jesus says, I'm gonna send you another helper, verse 16, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Now, I want you to note that the personal pronouns, he and him. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. He is God, the Holy Spirit. Look at what Jesus says. Going back to verse 16. He says, I'll pray the Father and he, the Father, will give you another helper. That he, the Holy Spirit, may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him. Everybody say him. It's him, the Holy Spirit here in verse 17. Because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells in you and will be in you I will not leave you orphans I will come to you so what does the Holy Spirit do The Holy Spirit has a ministry, certainly to believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, but he also has a ministry to unbelievers. He's got a ministry to every person in the world. And here's our second point this morning. The Holy Spirit draws people to God. The Holy Spirit literally pulls on the hearts of people to come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so somebody referred to him as the hound dog of heaven. I don't know if I, I like that or not. But dear ones, I want you to know the Holy Spirit will deal with your heart. Now, he's not gonna yell at you. He's not gonna command your attention, but he will constantly speak to your heart. And when you hear the message of the gospel, that's the reason we are pre, pre, we are we, we, we are. Predisposed to believe the message of the gospel because the Holy Spirit is constantly drawing us. He's constantly working in us. See, the Holy Spirit can express Himself in a lot of different ways. He can express Himself as a fire. In fact, the Bible says our God is a consuming fire. And the Holy Spirit is fire, but He's also God. The Holy Spirit can express himself as a mighty rushing wind, but he is not a mighty rushing wind. He expresses himself like that. He did that in Acts chapter two. The Holy Spirit can express himself as water. Jesus said, he that believes on me out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But the Holy Spirit is not primarily water. The Holy Spirit is God become flesh the holy spirit can express himself as a gentle dove oh don't you love that gentle dove when we're in worship and we're giving jesus glory and you just sense the presence of the, the gentle dove the presence of the holy spirit and you just don't want to stop you just want to keep giving jesus glory hallelujah and the anointing begins building and it gets stronger and stronger Thank God for those times. And the Holy Spirit at times is like a gentle dove, but He's not a gentle dove. He is God the Holy Spirit. He is the third person of the Godhead. You see, we don't worship three gods, we worship one God, but He's got three eternal personalities God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is always drawing people, drawing people to the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I I was a senior in high school and I got invited to go hear David Wilkerson preach and I wasn't living for God. And I got there to the service and David Rorkerson preached on the prodigal son from Luke chapter 15. And from the moment he began speaking, I started feeling uncomfortable. You see, the Bible uses the word in the King James version, the word conviction. It means a, a convincing. See, Jesus said in John 16 verse 8 he says the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment to come. He will convict the world of sin because they have not believed on me. And you see for a person to come out of darkness and to come into the kingdom of God's dear son they have to believe that Jesus is the Christ that he's the son of the living God. And the Holy Spirit is constantly drawing people to Christ. The Holy Spirit is constantly convicting. He's constantly wooing. And I sat in that service and the Holy Spirit was wooing my heart. He was speaking to my heart. And when David Wilkerson gave the altar call, I want you to know, I was one of the first people down there. I literally ran from where I was sitting and I was up in a balcony and I ran down the stairs and down the aisle and I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And later that evening, David Wilkerson laid his hands on my head and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, why did that happen? It happened because the Holy Spirit was wooing me. He was drawing me. He was convicting me. And when I heard the message of the cross, when I heard about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there was something inside me that says, you need to respond. If I ask you how you came to faith in Christ, I believe many of you would say, you know, it was just like I had this knowing that I knew that I knew that I needed to respond to the message of the gospel. You see, that's one of the ministries, that's one of the works of the Holy Spirit. In fact, over here in John chapter 6, verse 44, look at these words of Jesus. He says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws Him. Nobody comes to me unless the Father draws him, unless the Father woos him. In the Greek, It's it, it, it gives the imagery of somebody taking a rope and lassoing another person and pulling them along. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's constantly working to draw people to a relationship with God. You know, And there's a spiritual battle. There's this warfare that goes on because there's a part of us. See, we want to be the master of our own ship. We want to direct our own course. We want to determine determine where we go and how we go and there's a part of us that does not want to surrender to God but dear ones the Holy Spirit is always wooing us he's not bringing condemnation but he's bringing and convincing that we are sinners in need of a savior that's the work of the Holy Ghost in our lives in fact it's interesting that USA Today USA Today had an article And here's what the article says. It says the coronavirus has prompted almost two-thirds of American believers of all faiths to feel that God is telling humanity to change. A new poll finds. Look at that. The coronavirus has prompted almost two-thirds of American believers of all faiths, Muslim, Jewish, Baha'i, whatever it is, two-thirds of Americans of all faiths feel that God is telling humanity to change a new poll finds. Well, what is God saying? God is saying, repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe in the one who knows his way out of the grave. Repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ because he's the source, he's the force, and he's the course of the universe. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am not a way, but I am the way the truth and the life nobody comes into the father except but by me you see that's one of the works of the holy spirit to those that don't know christ you say, "Well, what about me? I'm a Christian believer." Well, the Holy Spirit has got a tremendous work in your life. Once you come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is our our third point this morning, is Jesus baptizes believers with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said, "I baptize with water unto repentance, but there comes one after me, whose shoe lace I'm not worthy to tie." He says, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Literally, he's going to immerse you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You say, why does does Jesus baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire? I'm glad you ask. He baptizes us, number one, in the Holy Spirit and fire so that we might be witnesses unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said these words. He says, but you shall receive power... This is Acts 1, verse 8. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses unto Jerusalem, unto Judea, unto the uh, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, why is it important? that we share the gospel? Why is it important that we dare to share the faith and the hope that we have inside? I'll tell you why. It's because the Holy Spirit is at work in unbelievers drawing them to Christ. See, you you can't tell by looking at people or, or by examining the kind of life they're living, you can't tell if the Holy Spirit's dealing with them or not. You just simply can't tell. I've been amazed. There have been some people that have been the fiercest, meanest looking people, acting people in the world, but when they heard the message of the gospel, when they heard my testimony, you know what? I've seen those people that look so mean and so nasty and they look like they could eat my lunch I've seen him break down into tears and I've seen them start crying and I've prayed with them to receive the Lord Jesus Christ in fact Dustin Wells and I were sharing the gospel a couple of years ago we were in a particular neighborhood and we were going door to door sharing the gospel with people and and we, we rounded the corner and on the sidewalk there was this great big guy he looked like he's probably six foot three six foot four he looked like a weightlifter. He, it was cold. It was wintertime. He was wearing a leather coat, and it had metal studs on the coat. He had on boots, and he had on uh, metal studs in the boots. He uh, had, a, had a, a, a dog with him that looked very fierce, and instead of just having a, a collar and a leash, he had a, a metal chain on the dog. It was a pit bull, and I'm thinking... This guy does not look like he's a candidate for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, he just was snarling at us just like the dog was. He had a girlfriend and, and she didn't look like she was happy to, to, to be seeing anybody on the sidewalk. And I wasn't quite sure what to do. And Dustin, bless his heart, Dustin was just bold. And he went up, he says, hey, my friends. Let me ask you a question. If you were to die today, do you have the assurance that you would wake up in heaven? And at first they looked at him like, who are you? Why are you even talking to us and asking us this question? But Dustin didn't let that bother him. He just kept smiling and he says, my friend, if you died today, do you have the assurance that you would wake up in heaven? And they talked with us for a while and Dustin continued to share. And then I got some boldness and I begin to share that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That there's none righteous, no, not one. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. And we asked the question, wouldn't you like to pray with us to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, by this time, the girl is crying. And she prays to give her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then this fella prays to, to give his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the girl is just, she's so happy. She's so excited. She says, I'm a student at Florida State University and I belong to a sorority. Can I go and tell my sorority sisters about this? What a question. We said, certainly you can tell them. In fact, we would even come and tell them or we'll send others to come and tell them. You know what? People need to hear that there is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people with this COVID-19 stuff going around. Some people have lost hope, but dear ones, Christ is the hope of glory. Some have lost hope, but if you know Jesus Christ, you've got a hope that serves as an anchor for your soul. And if you don't know him, you can give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ even as you're watching this broadcast. You know, maybe you've tuned into this webcast and and you're not living right with God. You know your own heart is not right. In fact, if I ask you if you died today, would you wake up in heaven? You may say, well, I'm just not really sure about that. Let me tell you, today you can know that you you know that you know In fact, i want you to pray with me right now that's it just 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 bow your head right where you are say lord god that's right repeat it out loud after me come on lord god say it again lord god today that's it say it today i trust the shed blood of christ come on repeat after me i trust the shed blood of christ as the full payment for all of my sins let's say it aloud I trust the shed blood of Christ as the full payment for all of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I make Jesus Christ, come on, repeat it after me. I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Come on, say that. I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Dear ones, you say, well, I prayed the prayer. I said the words, now what? Dear ones, it's so important that you become a part of a Bible-believing church and that you get a Bible and you begin reading the Bible. In fact, if you will go to one of our chat lines and our facilitators will, will, will share with you how, in fact, they'd like to take your name and address honestly, and we, we can send you some information or your phone number and we'll call you and we can tell you how you can grow in your relationship with Christ. But Welcome to the family of God. Welcome. You see the Holy Spirit brings conviction of sins and when a believer is bold to share their faith and share their testimony, you say, "Well, I'm not a preacher. I don't know if I can do that." Listen to me. Uh, a person with an experience is never at the mercy of somebody with an argument. And you say, "Well, there are a lot of people that will argue with me." I get it. They argue with me too. But don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit is still working. And Paul says sometimes we're planting the seed and sometimes we're watering the seed and sometimes we get to reap the harvest of the seed. So whatever you do, don't stop sharing your own testimony of what God has done for you. Don't stop sharing that that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, amen? Because the Holy Spirit will anoint you to be a witness. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit will bring comfort into your life jesus said that the holy spirit is the comforter capital c about a month ago i lost my dad 90 years of age and to be honest with you my heart is still hurting but the holy spirit has comforted me and he continues to comfort me he uses people Many times to comfort us, many of you I mean, we've got a stack of, of cards and, and letters this high, and many of you have called, and many of you have sent text, and many of you have contacted us over social media just to say, "Hey, pastor, we're concerned about you, and we, we join you in mourning and thank God that there's a heaven, and thank God your dad is there. But the Holy Spirit will bring comfort. Maybe your heart's broken this morning. Maybe you've had people treat you wrong. Maybe your best friend has betrayed you. Maybe what you had hoped for and you had thought and you had planned for has not come about. Right now say, Holy Spirit, I receive your comfort for me. Oh, I'm telling you, God's a refuge and strength. He's a very present help in time of trouble. Not only is the Holy Spirit our comforter, but he's our helper. You say, how does he help us? Well, Romans chapter eight says, we don't know how to pray like we should, but the spirit prays through us with groanings too deep for words. He helps us to pray. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit brings the gifts of the Holy Spirit for you and I. And there are a lot of gifts of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we read about the charismatic gifts of the Spirit. Paul says, To one is given a word of wisdom, to another is given a word of knowledge, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, the gift of faith, to another, the working of miracles, to another, the gifts, plural, of healings, plural, because there's more than one way that God brings healings, to another, prophecy, to another, tongues. And that would be tongues for interpretation in the public assembly. And then the interpretation of tongues. Those are the Romans 12 gifts of the Spirit. But that's not all. In Romans chapter 12, he lists seven gifts of the Spirit. He says, to one is given prophecy. To another is the gift of ministry or the gift of serving other people. To another is the gift of teaching. To another, the gift of encouragement or exhortation. To another, the gift of giving. Did you know that? Did you know that giving is a spiritual gift? And if that's your spiritual gift, you need to be giving, be it much or little, you need to be giving, especially to the work of the Lord. He says, To another, there is leadership. Leadership is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Some people just have the ability to come in and they, they can size up a situation, they can see where the problems are, they can see where the where the I's need to be dotted and the T's need to be crossed, and they're able to give leadership. Not that they do all the work, but they're able to delegate to others and they recognize others who have the capacity to get things done. And finally, there is the gift of mercy. It is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When you have the gift of mercy, your heart breaks with the things that break God's heart. In fact, did you know that often before Jesus did miracles, before he did healings in the New Testament, first he was moved with compassion. In other words, he was moved with mercy. For many years, I cried out and said, God, I want the gift of mercy working inside me because I didn't have the work. The the gift of mercy I had the gift of anger and frustration, which are not gifts at all. And dear ones, it took me several years of prayer. But I want you to know God began to work in me a heart of mercy and a heart of concern for other people. See, not only does the Holy Spirit bring gifts and talents and anointings, but the Holy Spirit's at work to make you and me more like Jesus. See, if you'll get into God's Word, if you'll read God's Word every day, and if you'll spend time in prayer, the Holy Spirit will transform you, and He will rearrange you. He will change the desires of your heart, and He will work in you from the inside out, and He will make you like the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, He will even change your personality. If Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23 says but the fruit of the spirit okay the fruit he actually grows fruit inside us the fruit of the spirit is love and then there are other derivatives of love he says is love and joy and peace and patience long-suffering the king james version says he will give you patience kindness goodness temperance faithfulness against such the apostle paul says which there is no law in other words no man can ever come up with a law against love and joy and peace and long-suffering and goodness and meekness and temperance and faithfulness and goodness see the holy spirit will make you more like jesus every single day let me close let me close with this thought you know, the, the technology in automobiles today is, is pretty amazing. In fact, there's, there's an automobile made by Tesla that is self-driving. I don't know if I'm quite ready for that. But even in my wife's car, my wife, I, in, in our house, I try to keep my wife driving the, the newer car and I drive usually her hand-me-downs. And my wife has a 2017 model car and it's pretty amazing because that car has got something called lane assist. In fact, you can be driving down I10 and if you if you start to veer into the other lane without per- turning your turn signal on, it will begin beeping, beep, 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 beep. And it's made to waken people up because many times when people are fall asleep at the wheel, they will cross over a lane, hit another vehicle or go off the road and, and hit a tree or, 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 or hit something that, that they shouldn't hit. And that lane assist will keep you in your lane. Well, not only does it have that technology, but it's also got cruise control. Now, cruise control has been out a long time, but it has a braking feature. In other words, If my wife is driving 70 miles an hour down I-10, She's staying in her lane because it beeps at her if she doesn't, okay? But she's got the cruise control on, 70 miles an hour, and she comes up behind another car that's only traveling 60 miles an hour. Well, it used to be that you would have to put on the brakes manually, with, and, and it, that would that would take it out of cruise control, and then you could go around the car, do whatever you needed to do. Well, now, with this automatic braking feature, you're going along at 70 miles an hour When the cameras and the sensors, since the car ahead of you is not going as fast as you are, it will automatically break your car. You're not doing it with your feet, but it'll automatically break the car and it'll slow down and you'll start going the same speed as the car ahead of you now that can be aggravating if you're trying to really really go fast but it's a really good feature because a lot of people have fallen asleep with cruise control on and they have plowed into the back of trucks and to the back of other cars now here's the reality if i want to i can disable that braking feature on cruise control i can disable that lane assist feature and it's where it's no longer working. Now, I don't know why you'd want to do that, but you can disable it. Dear ones, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not a bully. The Holy Spirit is not going to get in your face. The Holy Spirit has personality. The Holy Spirit communicates. He has a will. The Holy Spirit, though, can be quenched. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. If you want to, You can turn yourself away from the promptings of the Holy Spirit. If you harden your heart, you will do exactly that. Dear ones, don't do it. I know Christians, they want all the blessings of God. They want God to supply their needs. They want God to speak to them. They want the direction of the Holy Spirit. They want the good things that God brings. And yet they've got a portion of their heart that they're hanging on to and they refuse to give control to God. Dear ones, today, this is the day. Next week is Pentecost Sunday. We're going to be meeting here at 8.30 and 10.30. We want you to come and worship with us. Dear ones, whatever you do, don't try to control how much the Holy Spirit can work in your life. But you need to say, Holy Spirit, if need be, would you take a two-by-four and hit me upside the head? But I want to be sensitive to you. I want to be obedient to you. I want to do what you say. I want to know your voice and the voice of a stranger I do not want to follow. Holy Spirit of God, I need you. And I repent of trying to control what you can and can't do in my life. I repent See, the Holy Spirit will, will speak to your heart. If you start, if you engage in a lifestyle that's not pleasing God, the Holy Spirit, you'll be the first one to know it. The Holy Spirit will speak to you unless you've hardened your heart. Dear ones, if I want to, I can go and disable that lane assist and I can disable that braking assist feature with cruise control in my wife's car. But why would I want to do it? And why would any Christian want to control? the holy spirit unless unless they don't fully trust god unless they think they know best unless they think you know i want to have enough of jesus to get to heaven but but i still want to do my own thing dear ones listen to me sin destroys people sin will take you further than you want to go it'll hold you longer than you want to stay you don't want to give place to sin what you want to do is say lord jesus forgive me of my sins cleanse me from all unrighteousness come fill me holy spirit i'm not going to try to direct traffic i'm not going to tell you what you can do and what you can't do but i want to be pliable i want to be moldable i want you to work inside me Holy Spirit of God, will you say that today? Work inside me, Holy Spirit of God. I make myself pliable before you in Jesus' mighty name. We're going to celebrate communion. We're going to come to the Lord's table. And I remind you that today that we come to a table of victory, not to a table of defeat. I remind you that Jesus tasted death for every man so that you and I don't have to taste death. I believe that for the Christian believer that death is simply falling asleep in the arms of the Lord Jesus Christ in fact the Bible says that death no longer has a sting I've told you the story before about the little boy that was riding in the car with his daddy and a bumblebee got into the car and the little boy was frantic oh daddy daddy he's gonna sting me and his dad while he was driving reached out with his free hand and he grabbed the bee and he held on to it for about 10 seconds then he released it And the bee continued to fly around. And the little boy again said, oh, dad, dad, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. He says, son, you don't have to be afraid. And he opened up his palm. He says, look right there in my palm. You'll see the stinger from the bee. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says that Jesus, that Jesus took the sting out of death. For every believer. Paul says, oh death, where is your sting? Why? Because on the cross of Christ, Jesus became sin for every single one of us. Jesus became sickness. Jesus became iniquity and transgression. Jesus became my rebellion. He became your rebellion. He took the sting of death away. And dear ones, as we come to the table of the Lord, we're celebrating the resurrection victory of our Lord Jesus Christ because our God knows his way out of the grave. Some of you today, even as we come to the table of the Lord, some of you are facing some impossible situations. Some of you are facing difficulties and you need breakthroughs and you need miracles. Let me, as we come to the table of the Lord, let me encourage you to remind you remind those difficulties that are in front of you who you serve you don't talk to them to God about your problems but talk to your problems about your God you just look at that financial need and you look at that physical need and you look at that sickness and you look at that point of heartache and you said let me tell you how my God knows his way out of the grave let me tell you how the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and he gives life to my mortal body let me tell you that that David said I've been young and now I'm old but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread let me tell you God's going to make Away where there doesn't appear to be a way. Dear ones, if you'll start speaking your faith right now as we're coming to the table of the Lord, you see, Jesus said, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. Jesus never told us to remember his birth. Now we do, we celebrate Christmas. I'm glad we do. He never told us to remember his resurrection, although I'm glad we do. I'm glad we celebrate Easter, but he did tell us to remember his His death. He says, do this in remembrance of me because when we remember his death, we're also remembering his resurrection victory. We're remembering the victory that he brings into our lives. So let's come to the table of the Lord today and let's take the bread and let's break it. That's what Jesus did in that first communion. They broke the bread and then they ate it. Let's eat together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your broken body. Thank you, Jesus, for your broken body, for becoming sin in the flesh for me. I just acknowledge, God, that I deserve a death and eternity, death for eternity. I deserve damnation, but Jesus, you took my place on the cross and you tasted death for me so that I might know newness of life, so that I might serve you as a child of God, so that you might serve God as his child, after supper, Jesus took the cup. He says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth my death. In fact, the apostle Paul wrote that to the Corinthians. He says, you do show forth his death until he comes. Let's eat together. Hallelujah, Lord God, I pray for the people of God who call Evangel home. I pray for the people that are watching this, this webcast. Lord, I pray blessing. I thank you for making a way where there doesn't appear to be a way. God, I speak miracles. I speak healings. I rebuke coronavirus 19 i just i just tell it to be gone you stay far away for especially from the people of god and god i pray you would use us we thank you for the holy spirit we give you glory and praise in jesus mighty name and everybody says
0: amen we pray right now that god uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul for more information visit our website evangelag.org Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7.00. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.